Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. I remember seeing pretty vividly from when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I was playing on the football team and uh, there was one particularly really rainy, cold, wet practice uh, where at the, end of, at the end of the practice, the coach had made us run laps. And so we had to, to run around the field and, and there was one guy on our team named Jeff. And, and Jeff wasn't necessarily all that fit and didn't really ever play. Uh, he was on the, the, the team, and, uh, but didn't all, all put in all that much effort. And, uh, and, and Coach was making us run laps of the entire field for the, the amount of time that it took for Jeff to run a single lap. And, and, and he would get on us that we would have to push hard and run fast. And so we're, we're just, we're drained. We're dogged. We're running around the track. We don't have anything else left to give. Uh, and we look over, and there's Jeff. Basically, he's just walking. He's walking around the track, seeming like he doesn't care at all that, that we are running, uh, waiting for him. Uh, so needless to say, we get back into the locker room and, and I'm pretty grumpy and, and we get showered and, and, and we're hanging out and uh, the locker room sort of split into these divisions and uh, the seniors are in one spot and the, the, rest of, uh, the rest of the team have different spots and we're sitting around and, and I, just start to, I just start to vent. I start to vent about Jeff because I'm frustrated, my legs hurt, I'm tired. Uh, vent about like why is he on the team? Jeff should quit. Uh, I was I was being obnoxious. I was just venting and being obnoxious that he didn't have any talent. He wasn't going to play anyway. And, and and I see my friends, they start to, to give me this signal like they're, they're whispering. They're telling me to cut it out. Uh, and, and I say well, like, what is Jeff? Is Jeff in here somewhere? And and they start to nod. My heart sort of sinks and I shout out across the locker room, um, Hey Jeff! Yeah, and I, and I feel about this small. Uh, I, I still remember painfully that moment where um, I was known at that point in my life in high school as, as, a, as a pretty nice guy. Um, but when people got in my way or people annoyed me or got on my nerves, I could be pretty ruthless. Um, that's who I was. And, and, and today Paul wants to talk to us, I, I think here in Colossians, about how we respond to people that we don't necessarily like. We know that we have to love them, um, but we don't necessarily like them. Uh, So we pick up the text here in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Again, he's uh, he's calling us to, to, to fix our minds uh, to set our minds, it's this actively uh, action of, of self-control, uh, of fixing our thoughts. He's, he's done this as well earlier in Colossians, and and bringing again, bringing our conduct in line with our identity, who we are as a new creation in Christ, um, to actively work on that process. Um, Set your minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him. In glory, uh, there are there are the, these these passages in the Old Testament that talk about God um, protecting and preserving. There's one here in uh, Psalm uh, 31: "In the cover of your presence you hide them from the plots of men; you store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues." This idea of shelter, uh, of God protecting, of, of God hiding us. Uh, other other Psalms talk about it like being hidden under the shelter of like a mama bird. Under, under mama bird's wings, so this, this idea of protection and shelter. And so our life is hidden, it's protected, it's guarded uh, in Christ. 
Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. Uh, there's a reminder, once again, of the wrath of God. And we don't talk a lot about it, but, but that our sin deserves the wrath of God, that it's a heinous thing, and that apart from Jesus, we're in a pretty difficult spot. And so Paul's reminding us that apart from the, our life in Jesus, we're, um, we're in pretty serious, dire straits. But now you must put away them all, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Uh, this idea of, of peeling off the old and putting on the new. Um, w- whenever I go for a run, uh, I tend to develop a bit of an odor. Uh, and Jen will not allow me to sit on the couch next to her when I come in for a run. I have to go shower and change. Uh, and, and this idea right, of taking off the old, the, 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 the polluted, uh, the stinky, uh, and putting on the new and the fresh. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also must forgive. You must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Um, there's also a parable that Jesus says about uh, a wedding feast. And, and there's this expectation that those who have invite, been, been invited in have put on the proper garments, the, the wedding clothes, and there's a judgment on those who haven't. Uh, and so for us who have been invited to the feast of the king, there's an expectation that we don't just come with these old, polluted, stinky garments on, but, but there's an activity in our lives of putting on that which we have already obtained, right? That which is new about us, becoming who we really are, putting on a new garment. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So there's this idea, again, of gratitude, gratitude and worship in the midst of of this process of putting on the new. Um, and so I see here, actually, there's two corresponding lists uh, that, that, that line up really well. And, and Paul, I think, is intentionally calling uh, the church in Colossians in terms of their attitude towards other people. He says to put away, so taking off the old. And, and he describes the old as being anger. Uh, that word in Greek is orge, where we get uh, the word ogre. Um, anger is, is when things don't go our way, interruptions to our plans. Um, think of... I mean, think of being in traffic and when you just want to yell at all of the cars, get out of my way. That that anger, Paul says, take off that anger in our interactions with other people. Wrath. Uh, Wrath there is is not the same as anger. It's a a settled indignation. Um, It's an ongoing attitude of disdain. It's not even just in the moment where an anger flares up. Wrath is sort of sustained and ongoing towards someone else. Um, malice. 
Malice is, is when we bode ill for someone else and we actively seek to oppose, um, not just physically, but um, that when we seek ill will towards someone else uh, and seek to actively impede other people. Slander, uh, that's blaspheming others, it's bad-mouthing. I think it's spreading gossip and talking about people behind uh, their backs. Uh, and obscene talk, uh, again, different than slander. Obscene talk, I think, is uh, also called uh, in the Greek, it's, it's abusive talk. I think it's, it's, uh, it's the language that we use to hurt others to their faces. So, uh, you know, slander behind their backs, obscene talk, abusive talk is uh, to someone's face. And, and so Paul is calling the Colossian church to peel those things off. Those are the old garments in the way that we interact with each other and put on the new. The new, in the place of anger, he says, put on compassion. And there, instead of needing my own way, it's seeing the needs and the wants of others as more important than my own. That compassion instead of anger. Uh, and so, you know, when you're driving behind someone who's going 40 rather than um, getting angry, which is perhaps my natural inclination, uh, how dare you go 40 in a 60 zone uh, and get in my way. Don't you know where I'm trying to go? If I'm being honest, that's, that's the attitude that usually starts to bubble up and, and I have to push down and peel it off, as Paul would say. Um, to take it off and instead put on compassion, acknowledge maybe there's a reason why they're going 40. Um, maybe maybe uh, they're not wearing their glasses or maybe they're having a hard time or their car is breaking down or, or maybe they're in like a reverse speed scenario, you know, the movie Speed where you had to stay above 60 miles an hour or a bomb would go off. Maybe there's a bomb in their car and if they go above 40, it's reverse speed. If they go above 40, then the bomb explodes. Um, and so it's really, it's really seeing, um, seeing others and their needs and putting them ahead of ourselves. Uh, instead of anger. In the place of wrath, we put on kindness. It's this ongoing attitude which seeks to bless instead of seeking to tear down. In the place of malice, humility. Again, seeing more uh, others as more valuable than ourselves and, and not having ourselves at the center of the universe, but putting others there and seeing how we can bless them uh, and love them and see, uh, see them uh, as valuable. In the place of slander, meekness. Uh, meekness is not weakness, it's power under control. And so um, I think when it comes to slander, it's this idea in meekness that there are things you could say. There are absolutely things you could say about this person that perhaps are true and would make you feel really good to say them, but, but meekness would be holding your tongue, choosing not to say those things. And finally, he says, in the place of obscene talk, to put on patience. And I think that's when you're having a conversation with someone, instead of erupting, when you could take this moment of perhaps saying something slanderous or saying something abusive, instead it's having patience and, and letting it go, um, not succumbing to anger. And, and I think what, what Paul here in Colossians is getting at too, in these things that we take off and put on, is that there needs to be a unity, not just among people that you like and get along with and are your friends, but also the people who perhaps their personality at times feels like fingernails on a chalkboard. Um, that you're not going to like everyone all the time, but what matters, even as Jesus says, is what credit is it to you if you, you, know, if you love people who are your friends? Instead, it's the love that we show towards others who are our enemies. That's why he says to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's where the real depth and truth of our faith is revealed and how we love those when it doesn't come naturally or we don't feel love coming in response back from them. And Paul reminds us that we were once objects of God's wrath. 
that we were once enemies of the gospel, but that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so um, while it might seem like a difficult exercise to, to take someone who seems at odds and instead, instead of rising up in anger and wrath and slander and malice, instead surrendering those things, pulling those off, and instead choosing to love, choosing to bless. Um, and it becomes easier when we realize that that's what Christ has done for us. That while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies, while we were yet opposed and rebellious, Christ chose to die for us. And when we realize that, we can look at other people differently. Uh, those who perhaps feel like they're on uh, the outside of our circles. And we, can, we can choose to see them differently, that we can set our minds on, on these things that Paul is calling us to put on. Um, not an easy challenge, but I think a really important and practical one for us as he calls us all to unity. Let's pray. Uh, God, help us to... Uh, not just to coast into sin, but that we'd stop and exercise self-control, that we would, we would see these things bubbling up in our hearts, and then we'd hear Paul's words to take off these things of the flesh, the, the anger, the malice, the slanderous talk, the gossip, that we would take those things off and instead put on kindness and meekness, compassion, and that we put the needs of others just as Jesus has done in, in front of ourselves. Help us to look to the cross and see you, Jesus, loving us in that way and help us to simply become who we truly are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, we love you. Hope you're having a great week. We'll talk again soon.